Want to tell you guys about Lisa Mattress Company. I just got it mailed to me. It is the best bed I've ever slept on. I'm a guy that's coughed up $5,000 for a Tempur-Pedic. And although I didn't feel burned because it's a good mattress, there's no question. You can save more. It's less than half the cost of a Tempur-Pedic, and it's a better bed. There's no doubt about it. It's one of the best beds I've ever slept on at a great price. These guys donate one bed for every 10 that they sell to nonprofit organizations. They also plant a tree. That's a green company. I like hugging trees. These guys hug, <laughs> these guys plant a tree and hug it every time they sell a mattress. Absolutely amazing. You get $160 off now. That's the deepest discount they've ever done at lisa.com slash on it. Welcome to the Ana Podcast. We've got a very special guest, the first dun, da, 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 guest in On It history. Well, since I took over in On It Podcast history to join the, the show a second time. Uh, Aaron is a very close friend of mine. He stayed at my house this week while we we're out here at On It. Oddly enough, when I had my own podcast prior to coming here, he stayed at my mom's garage, which my wife and son and I were all living in uh, when he was getting ready to move from Bend. Oregon down to Santa Monica, where he currently runs his amazing podcast, The Align Podcast. He also has a wealth of knowledge on movement. He's a specialist when it comes to movement and body work. He's certified rolfer. He has a number of different applications for massage therapy and manual work, and just truly an exceptional human being. I will have him on again. So hopefully this is an Aaron Alexander overload because guess what? He's coming back again. And uh, I had an absolute blast with him. Also jumped on his podcast as well as a guest, and we ran a couple with Aubrey Marcus. Um, Aaron Alexander got to jump on AMP, the Aubrey Marcus podcast, and he had Aubrey Marcus as a guest on his show. So make sure you check all those out as well. Thanks for tuning in. On it podcast, uh, my boy Aaron Alexander here, movement specialist, movement is specialist. trying to get into <laughs> full lotus in a, in a chair that doesn't look like that's accomplishable. It's not happening. Yeah, I don't think I don't. Yeah, I don't even think you can do half, halfy. It's okay. I don't think my knees can handle that. This is about it's adaptation. It's an opportunity this, for new do adaptation. This mic a little bit closer here. There we go. So, we got you back in Austin. We're here. We're fucking here, man. I'm pumped. <laughs> got you back at the crib. Funny, <laughs> funny story. The last time uh, you stayed at the house with Tasha and I and Bear. I was living in mom's detached garage. I love mom's and detached garage. You were moving from uh, Bend, Oregon, down to Santa Monica, California. Yeah. And we've seen you since then, but um, obviously at Paleo FX and then out, out in Venice recently when we did the Whole Foods launch. Every Whole Foods in the nation. Uh, Aubrey and I went out to LA for that. But um, it's, been, it's been a wild ride. It's and you've got, you've got some... You've really hit the ground running when you got to LA because obviously that's pretty much the mecca for amazing people to have on the podcast. And you have, you know, I told it wasn't blowing smoke up your ass when I said this before. I think we've are. We, I, I know I mentioned this on the first time. You're, you're, ta-da! You're the fucking first guy to be on on its podcast twice mm. with me as the host. Appreciate that. Man. Yeah, hell yeah, brother. Right. And you're definitely worth having back on again and again. But, um, you know, the thing I mentioned before on the first go round was how when I went on your show originally, I always try to download a few podcasts of guests of special interest to me. Yeah. And you had had a laundry list of people I wanted to listen to. So I downloaded, I think, 10 or 12 episodes. 
But it's even, it's even more so now because being in LA, you're surrounded by greatness. You get to chat with so many great people. And even if they don't live there, so many people come through SoCal yeah, it's big. that you've been able to really iron out some great podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. It's been amazing. The difference between getting to sit and connect with somebody in person like this versus doing the Skype thing, it's like taking the condom off for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I, like, that's a great so analogy. Like I've never had sex before. This is great. Yeah. You know, so coming from the Northwest, it was it Does was that mean cool. conversations are shorter? It means I have sex with my podcast guests. <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> instead of you being able to last an hour on the mic, you only get fucking 10 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what's happening. We got to uh, cut this short. Uh. Yeah. But yeah, it's been really good, man. It's been uh, just getting to have that opportunity to connect with people in a different way. I think the whole idea of community and tribe building and all that, I feel like from the Northwest, there was like, you know, the sensation of connecting with a lot of people, which was great, but it felt kind of like sterile or artificial. And I have had a, a kind of an interesting sensation of actually feeling more held, I guess you could say, or connected or kind of like a part of this, this tribe or this soup, which that's something we can probably pick at for days where it's just, I, and I that's think- West to, LA right where you have that tribe connection feeling yeah right because i feel there's a huge difference when i'm in socal between being on the coast in venice santa monica even culver city which is slightly inland you know um redondo all those areas i feel definitely at home and at peace whereas the second i get inland if i'm in hollywood or fucking downtown it's just madness yeah well you, you got to drive everywhere yeah you know so every moment that you're spent sitting in your car for one thing so i have like a i'm like a, like one of the crazy people as as are you i have like a grounding cable in my car you know and as i'm in there i got a foam roller around my thoracic spine area and i sit in a fucking lotus position i put my car in cruise control i'm sure i shouldn't even mention that on a podcast but if you see me <laughs> in the highway like be aware uh, i'm pretty good with getting the legs down uh, you know but we spend that time in that position in the car and that car as i've talked about ad nauseum that's a position of depression you know so we we kind of start to aggregate that position of depression we're in there we're collapsing our lungs we're collapsing our heart we're pulling ourselves forward into this position that you would if your grandma just died <sighs> you know we're holding ourselves in that position yeah, breath is shorter everything everything so all your physiological processes down. get down regulated so you're in that for an hour now add anxiety right because i'm late now add, I'm pissed off because they cut me off, right? So all these are different lions that you're implementing, adding into your situation, and your body doesn't know how the hell to turn off or to start to come into like more parasympathetic, relaxed, relaxed, digest state. Now, so I think that's a big part of that experience. Like if you live on the beach and you can ride your bike places, that's a different LA than if you live inland and you are dependent on driving everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's big. Yeah, Jordan B. Peterson was just talking about that in his new book, 12 Rules for Life. Yeah. An antidote to chaos. He's talking about the first rule, uh, how much our neurochemistry is in sync with lobsters. Yeah, I love that. And he dives into, and they've talked about this before. I mean, Dr. Kelly Strett talked about don't make the pain face when you're on a foam roller. Mm-hmm. If you make the pain face, the muscle will not relax. The fascia will not release. Yeah. If you smile through the pain, there's a greater chance that it'll release quicker. Right. So the same can be extrapolated to the lobster where you know at the, at the, in the lobster hierarchy number one on the list the top dog or the top lobster is the most erect you know yoked boss lobster that kind of struts his stuff and then at the bottom is this feeble weak you know eh, yeah. eh, i don't belong here you know a little lobster and the same thing goes for humans 
you see the sad puppy dog and you're like, oh, what happened? You know, and it's always, you know, the mopey, whiny bitch. And then you've got on the, the other end of the spectrum, somebody who stands tall with their shoulders back, nice and erect. Not only does that exude confidence, but there's a neurochemical response then from having an erect spine where we have, and science backs this, we have higher serotonin output. Yeah. And so we could see that, you know, there, there, you know, Kelly, Kelly breaks this down, I think, in his his new book, or maybe he did this in Deskbound. Uh, I know he has another one about traveling on airplanes. Oh, I didn't know that. But um I thought I well stocked Kelly. Kelly, I'm surprised. Kelly's it's not out yet. I'm, oh, okay. I'm wise to I'm hip to the game. I know oh, what's on the forefront here. Deep. That's good. But uh in Deskbound, he talks about, you know, active sitting and passive sitting. When do we have a choice in the matter, right? Well, we don't have a choice when we're driving, we have to sit. We do have a choice in how we sit in that car that's it. to an extent, right? And that's what you're alluding to. But certainly, you know, when we're working, we can do standing desks, we can have a foot fidget, or we can do different things to mobilize the body. Because standing in place is, is not quite as bad as sitting in place, but it's not that much better. Whereas if we're moving around a little bit, moving our feet, stretching our body, that continues to pump blood through the system, that continues to oxygenate the brain. We're 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 really required to move. We're not required to be stagnant and still. And so that's why he he really references references quite a bit of that in Deskbound. And I know he's going to do that in uh, airplane, airplane mode or whatever the title of this book is. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, that maybe with, with uh, his pull, we'll start to see a ton of people just walking the aisles on airplanes all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm there. You're there where it's, it's happening. There's a minority of us that are absolutely that awkward, weird, annoying guy that's doing lunges down the lane on the plane. You know, my, <laughs> my intention while being on this body on earth is to make that be more, you know, normalizing that where it's like, oh, I'm actually upregulating fucking everything by doing this. You know, maybe if we had a little bit more, you know, liberation or freedom or it's, I think it's fear of judgment is the big thing. You know, so when we're in a community where people are broken or diseased or dysregulated, if you're the one outlier that's trying to upregulate, then the other lobsters or crabs are going to pull you back into that bucket. It's like the crabs in the bucket. The crabs you in the to, bucket. You don't need to put a lid on it they'll because cut, yeah, they'll, ch- like, they'll cut your freaking legs off to get you back, you back in the bucket. Mm-hmm. You know, welcome to the United States. Welcome to Western culture. You know, so if you're the person that's doing a down dog or a handstand or, a, you know, you mentioned Kelly Starr, the couch stretch, you know, if you're doing that in public, you're going to get some looks. And Aaron, you got quite a few looks at Paleo FX I dropping some, into that I get monster some looks. squat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's put a new definition on ass to grass. I think your ass was just like an inch off the ground. That's how deep it's it down, was. It's down there. And it was, it was like every... I don't know, every 30 seconds you just drop into that glorious squat. Well, it's because I'm like a canary in the coal mine with that. So I've, I have had uh, the fabulous experience of having uh, varicose veins mm. in, my, in my legs. And, you know, so maybe it's a genetic thing. Maybe it's a, I was really into bodybuilding at like a stupid young age. It was like insecurity stuff that I've talked about previously as well. Maybe I injured myself with that, whatever it is. Um, you know, my circulation in my legs isn't as fantastic as it potentially could be. So I'm a lot like, you know, a celiac person, except with circulation, Mm. you know, so I can feel that shit if I don't have, and everybody can feel this, you know, so if you're a person that's, that's in a a standing position, like you're working, working a, you know, in a cashier or whatever it may be, I got this from actually Kelly Stripe, uh, they end up upregulating or creating more blood in their body because they can't circulate it as well. So their body now needs more blood 
to circulate because if they're moving, they can circulate with less. If you're just sitting in this static still position, your body's like, shit, we need to, all that blood's in your legs. Mm -hmm. We need some blood in your brain. What can we do? Oh, we'll make more. So now you'd be a heavier blood bag, right? So figuring yeah. out like, okay, what if we just kind of get out of that like blood bag territory and start kind of just moving our bodies around, like dance, you know? And dance is a big ask for people, but maybe start off with just like, I was reading recently about, I'm doing this, this chapter in a book and it's one of the things I was getting into with is like walking. You know, and so the, the difference with, you know, the Hatsa tribesmen's walking versus like modern day walking. I've seen different numbers with this. You got something? No. Okay. Just yawning. Oh, that was a yawn. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I was trying to cover <laughs> it up to for the camera. Audit <laughs> <laughs> listeners falling asleep. So, uh, <laughs> Hatsa tribesmen. I get that. I am when fascinated, someone, even though my face doesn't when say it. Someone scratches their face. I'm always like, I have shit on my face. I know it. <laughs> so I swear to God, if you scratch your face one time during this situation, it's going to make me feel incredibly insecure. My beard twitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the muff dive. Um, so we are the mustache ride, not muff dive. Muff dive is a mustache that ride. That muff dive is. So for the Let's folks listening the at definition home, definition of muff, muff dive would here. be pubic hair. Ah. So if you muff dive, you're going mm -hmm. down on somebody. Okay. And then a mustache ride is Good. just, you know, someone going for a ride on the mustache. So <sighs> there still is, they, they, they complement each other. And they a snowball, are you familiar with snowball? Oh boy, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, that's where, um, well, we do have an explicit <laughs> podcast, but yeah, that would be the. No, we're not going to say what that is. Okay. Well, just Google. That's too far. Google the snowball. Okay. In case there's. Well, everyone has access to Google. I was going to say, we if there's children listening, direction. we won't say that, but children know how to use Google. Yeah. So we've already crossed the line. I don't even know if I said that right. Um, so Hatsa tribesmen, average walking distance for a female, from what I read, I've, I've read a couple different things. What I just recently read, maybe fact check and look into this, I read 3.5 miles a day is the average. They strapped GPS units to, the, to these people. They measured it for lots of days. How many steps is that? 12,000? Uh, 10,000? Uh, I believe 8, about five thousand. I believe about about five miles is about ten thousand steps. Okay, I believe. So they're doing less than ten thousand steps a day. The Hatsa. We got to look into this. This is what I read later. I don't know what the, what it translates to the steps. Right. So I can like I can send you the article that I was reading from this. Um, we'll link to it in the show notes. Link to it in the show notes. Yeah. But I've also heard I've read some other stuff where it's it's like they're saying it's like a lot more than that. Um, so let's, let's research this a little bit, but what I literally was just reading yesterday was that 3.5 miles for females and then double that with males. We can maybe look it up over here while we're here. Um, so seven miles on average for a man. And one of the big things that was interesting with that was they called it, they called it levy flight pattern or levy walking pattern is the way that they do it. So their movement ends up looking a lot more like that of somebody that's moving around at like a music festival or a college campus or Disney World or whatever, you know, where you kind of or, you know, bear your kid. Like if you watch a little kid, they don't have this linear style movement where I go, you know, it's like we have these these right angles like on the table. I go here and then I go right and then I go left and I go and this cubi cubicle type motion. You know, so they kind of have this all over the place exploratory time, and then they get down on the ground, and then they come up on the ground, and then they're back. What we got? We got some. We got some business. Five miles. That Ryan pulled it up. Ryan, oh, you're allowed to speak, buddy. You can get in speak. there, Ryan. Jamie, Jamie Vernon gonna, jumps in. Yeah, with the fucking. We can do that. Kyle already yawned while I was talking. They have an okay. <laughs> they they have an okay podcast. I think the Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah. He's Jamie's allowed to talk. You got a voice, you can, Ryan. 
so 10,000 steps 10, is about five miles yeah. give or take yeah. all right yeah yeah so but what's interesting about that everybody knows about the 10,000 steps all that stuff uh what i think is really interesting about that is more they call it super diffusive movement patterning so super diffusive you have to say it that way <laughs> you can just say it like <laughs> super diffusive sat- movement I, I feel like an asshole when i say shit like that <laughs> so we, as you're moving around it's diffusing your movement a little bit hmm. right so what we do is we're so damn directive with everything we do you know we're so damn linear with okay i get here i get this done I got huh, I got huh. and that goes against our physiology it goes against our biology you look at something like heart rate variability heart rate variability you're the healthiest when you're the most chaotic yeah when there's the least amount of rhythm right bump 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 that's it right bump. so we think that maybe there could be like a little bit of a chance that our heart rate variability or the pattern that's the healthiest for our heart maybe that relates to our actual extrapolates out to our physical movement Maybe well, our every, a part everything, of our heart. The thing is, when you, say, when you say something like that, everybody's like, oh, that's bullshit. It's not connected. And the truth is, everything's interconnected. And we can reverse engineer all this shit. All you have to do is look at breath work in the nervous system. Yeah. If you're in a fight or flight state, sympathetic state, odds are you're breathing quickly. The second you slow your breathing down, and I think Aubrey has this in his book on the day, six deep breaths was a study that scientifically proven to lower blood pressure to shift you into a parasympathetic state, rest and digest. Six deep breaths, that's it, yeah. right? And then we have different modes, like four seconds in, eight seconds out. If you slow the exhale down, that shifts you into parasympathetic as well. Right. It doesn't matter if your mind's fucking racing, if you just got fired, if your wife just left you for another man or woman, whatever the case is. Well, now we have different terms for, for genders. But yeah, like but no, we're not in fucking Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I subscribed to Peterson on that one. <laughs> The, the point is, like, we can reverse engineer that, right? And they're just like the fake it till you make it. Like, why does it work to smile? Even if you're not happy, it works to smile. Well, your muscles know that, that fucking position of your face, and that reverse engineers neurochemistry. It helps yep. you feel better inside. And it changes it all the way through the system, right? So that, that concept to me makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And, yeah, if you watch Aaron Alexander walk at PaleoFX oh, or boy. my son, <laughs> there's, it's very fucking free. And it looks odd because it's different from the rest of the group, right? It's it's um you're very childish, Aaron, and I mean that in the fucking best way possible. Mm. Like you you move very freely, uh, and obviously when we were when we were we went to I think a rave, my first rave, New Year's on uh, 2016, right? It was a year ago. No, it was it was 2016 turning 2017. Yeah, we're out in L.A. Oh, yeah. and that was special. Your fucking dance moves were serious, but there was ballet in there. There was all <laughs> kinds of shit, and I was like fuck yes get it you know and it was cool and everyone there was digging it because it was it was a place where it wasn't a hip-hop club you know it was like and not not that there's anything wrong with that but you didn't have to dance like everyone else there and obviously that shit was long past your thought process of whatever you know you gave no fucks yeah and i hadn't experienced that until i was at spirit ranch in sedona and parangi put us through an ecstatic dance and the way he did this was with blindfolds so you didn't have to worry about what other people thought and the truth is i on paper didn't give a fuck but the second my wife started talking before we realized we're gonna wear blindfolds she was like i'm gonna be watching you the whole time i got totally fucking nervous yeah and then probably was like no you won't be watching him at all everyone's gonna have blindfolds and i was like yes i'm safe you know but it's that i that idea you know dance like no one's watching the famous quote well it's very hard to accomplish that 
when you know people are watching or when you're self-conscious and it's very easy to do that but i mean just from this this goes well past dance into the way we walk the way we the way we act in front of others the way we speak to one another how we stand if you don't have a lot of self-confidence you're gonna stand like you don't you're gonna stand like you don't mean what you're saying or that maybe i kind of know what i'm talking about but i'm not sure i'm not certain of myself well as jordan peterson talks about like if you're not sure of yourself no one else is going to be fucking sure of you that's for damn sure no one else is going to take you serious if you don't take yourself serious and then i'm not saying like i'm a very important person i have important shit to say it's just like this your demeanor body language says so much about a person far more than the words coming out of their mouth yeah right with, with the uh just to kind of like put a, a cork on the jordan peterson lobster thing one of the interesting parts of that was the lobsters that end up being defeated in their fight for territory they end up um i keep saying upregulating, but that's what they're doing upregulating this octopamine is uh kind of like you know so serotonin is like the feel good be assertive be strong like, yeah woo, the negative hormone go. counter yeah, to that so is one that we like, don't have yeah they it's do like, it's like the yeah it's like the dark matter of of, of that and so they end up upregulating this octopamine stuff, amongst other things. That's the scientific flashlight. That's the nature of things. We get attached to terms. The reality of things is probably way different than that. But we say this term over and over again. It's a story that we play over in our heads. Octopamine. Remember Octop- that. That's R- what it is. Write it down. You understand the whole biological process of a lobster. If you remember octopamine. You know, but they end up upregulating octopamine. Let's call that the top of the vector. And then the whole cascade that's below that, whatever's attached to it. And they end up leading. They recirculate that throughout their life you know so now every time they meet say it's a female or male or whatever it is we you know we're we're a relationship thing or a business thing or just whatever they start leading with that octopamine stuff slash the rest of the cascades and now there's that feedback and they they come back into that it feeds back into itself so their posture changes their neurochemistry changes the neurochemistry speaks to the posture posture speaks to the neurochemistry you know so when we're in a place like on it and we're optimizing freaking everything right we're what we're doing what the intention here is i I say we're like you know i'm I'm here this week is we're looking at all of these different prongs you know and for each individual one prong might speak louder than another prong right we just did the pemf machine and it's like oh cool it's going to talk to your shoulder then it's going to talk to your low back and then it might talk to this there's no one right way that you have to enter the organism Mm-hmm. You know, so some people talk therapy. That's going to nail it. That's going to speak to their posture. It's going to speak to their neurochemistry. Some people's like, dude, I don't want to talk. <laughs> I want to go out into a cave. I want to just sit by myself. Some people's like, oh, you need placebo and you need supplements and you need IV. You know, it's like any of those, we can pull from all these different angles. And then what happens is people become dogmatic about their thing, oftentimes because of they're selling something or they just, you know, are, are stuck in their dogma and they start preaching as though that's the only way. And then we start having fights and wars and now we're getting into like religious conversations. Yeah, you look at it, diet, you know, Rob Wolf's talked extensively how fucking dogmatic diet can be. But yeah, it's, it, it, there are, it is a multi-pronged system as human beings are. And one, one cool differentiator, because I found that fascinating too in the lobster discussion, they're more likely then to back down from a fight because they believe they'll lose. They're more right. likely to not get laid and procreate after that. Uh, a lot of times they'll shed their shell and go into a hiding to regrow you know, because they've been defeated and they carry that with them. If you think about that on human terms, you think of a negative downward spiral we get in depression or different things like that, where 
if you've ever met an Eeyore out there, you know, somebody who's like, oh, I don't know, you know, and whatever, you know, this one bad thing happened to them and then everything sucks after that, right? They can never pull themselves out of a rut. I've, I've spent time, there has been time in my life where it was really harder than it is now because I lacked the tools necessary to pull me out. And I talked about a bit about that in the solo cast, but the bottom line is, Diff, like you're saying, different things speak to different people. For some people, it's going to be movement. And that's one of the reasons we try to talk about all these things on the podcast, and, and you do as well. I think it's incredibly important to give people more than one tool and to say, this can help you and this is why. And then allow people to try. But that's the thing. You know, it's not enough to know we must do, right? I love that from Bruce Lee. Like, mm. we got to fucking do it. Just try it out. And there's something, if people don't like exercise, it's what exercise are you doing? right? Because there's something you will like, even if it's just walking in nature, even if it's just hiking, even if it's just doing Tai Chi in a park with a bunch of old folks. And then like there is something. It's also getting out of this, again, dogmatic idea of what the heck exercise means. Exercise isn't CrossFit necessarily. Exercise doesn't have to be martial arts. It doesn't have to be dance. It doesn't have to be bicep curls. Exercise could be looking across a savanna, right? That's exercise in your eyes. I was talking about this on, on Aubrey's podcast for just, just a bit. So I don't want to go too deep into here because Maybe people will jump over on that side. But we're contracting these ciliary muscles that allow the lens of our eyes to change shape. Okay, So when you're looking out into the distance, those light rays are coming in more at a straight angle. So your eyes, in order to receive that message, they need to chill out. <laughs> so the light can just poof, straight back. And, oh. right? So when you look across into the mountain range or out into the ocean or up into the sky, your eyes, they need to relax to gather that message. That's why it's relaxing to look in the distance, right? So when we're looking at close up, I want to look at my spirit crystal here. All of a sudden now, <clears throat> I'm focusing on that point and that light's coming more at an angle, right? So now it's coming from here and then it goes at like kind of this angle. Oop. So maybe if people are looking at the video, it's kind of coming like this, like a triangle. If you're just, if you're just listening to this in your car, he calls his junk the spirit crystal. <laughs> So he looked down at his pants I'm, when he said, I, when I'm yeah, staring at my so spirit if you're staring crystal. directly at your cock, it's going to be <laughs> looking wantingly at Kyle. Uh, so, but from that, so the light, I don't know why I'm getting all dorky with this, but that light is coming at your eyes at an angle. So now your eye needs to compensate, needs to change the shape of that lens to reflect, refract, refract that light. Refract. There we go. No fracking. No fracking of the audit podcast, but it needs to change, needs to essentially work in order to see that close up image. Hmm. Right? So, what we're doing throughout the world is we're stuck staring into cell phones, we're stuck staring into screens, we're stuck inside houses looking into paintings of nature as opposed to going the freak outside into nature. And then, that, what that does to us from a, from a visual perspective, it's making our eyeballs have to work. You know, what you see with this in like, in like China, I was reading about this again because I was doing this article thing on it, uh, their eyeballs are actually elongating. <laughs> like they come out like bug well, eyes? No, they're cha the, sh the shape of the eyeball as opposed to it being ovular and, and this nice like, like oval type shape, it's having to kind of like, it's like squeezing in a way, it's, it's getting longer. So you're saying like that's why they have Chinese eyes? <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Yeah. So I'm it's, from the Bay Area. I'm allowed to say this. It's like, I'm black. I can make black jokes. No, I'm, I'm, I'm 67% Asians in my high school. I'm allowed to get away with this. But everybody's wearing glasses out there now. Yeah. It's becoming a normal thing. Yeah. Right. And so 
what that is, you know, a part of that, I think that's literally, I'm getting back to how this is kind of tangible muscle CrossFit, you know, Mm -hmm. pulling stuff up type conversation. What that is, is our muscles need to contract in our face to perceive our reality. We're stuck in a contracted state. Mm. We're stuck in a stress state. We're stuck in a sympathetic nervous system state. We're trying to do all this stuff to figure out how to get ourselves to be more parasympathetic on everything we possibly can. Well, that's that's if you're smart. Most right. people are are trying to work harder. They're trying to do more. They're trying to go, go, go. How can I be more productive? How can I? And really, there's nothing wrong with looking at efficiency, like Aubrey wrote it on the board this year, uh, to work smarter, not harder, right? And I think that's very important from the top down. It's pretty nice to have that here at On It. But um, how many fucking Type A's do you know that simply want more from themselves? not more for themselves they want to fucking work harder and they don't want to work smarter they don't want to work in they don't want to work on getting into a parasympathetic state they think meditation's bullshit why why would that lead to more productivity why would that lead to why is it important to have inner peace and and quiet mind yeah you know and i think that's it's certainly a big thing for me that's helped me tremendously and it's and it's, it's there's a reason they've been talking about this for thousands of years it's something we need to adopt in the West more of. And again, that's something also where for people listening where they're like, oh, I just, you know, I can't fucking do it. I can't sit quietly in a room. It's the same thing as saying like, well, I, you, so you don't like doing powerlifting or you don't like doing CrossFit. There's thousands of ways to exercise and move better. Yeah. There are thousands of ways to meditate. And, you know, and then We'll link to this in the notes, but The Science of Mindfulness by Dr. Ronald Siegel is one of the great courses available on audible.com. For one credit, you get a Harvard level level course on meditation, and it'll dive into every different type of meditation. And that's given me many tools in that respect. But how important is that? Yeah, I like that you had audible.com in there just so... Just in case people don't, oh, I you think never you know. People might not know from the great course, <laughs> from the great courses. But it's probably going to be more expensive than just using one of your credits for fourteen ninety nine a month at Audible.com. <laughs> not a sponsor. You guys probably have, but an I'm affiliate. an advocate. I have an affiliate. Do you have an affiliate? No. Oh, okay. Go to go to my affiliate. I don't then. think I don't think Four Aubrey's before? down with the affiliates. Oh, we didn't get down. Oh. Although we may have sponsors eventually. No affiliate links at this point. I'm a lot looser than Aubrey, probably, so people can yeah. jump over and. Well, this is a company <laughs> podcast for crying out loud. I mean, it's not the Kyle Kingsbury show even though i'd like to think it is it is the on it podcast so we're representing I, i'm sure you'll here. bleep out my whole affiliate thing so I don't no need to, not at I'm all tr- i'm just joking <laughs> we allow those to come on to promote what what um were you going to drop your audible.com affiliate link that was oh i mean i could it's Fucking yeah do it. i don't even know what it is to be honest i think align audible dot audible trial.com slash align i think that's what it is i'm pretty sure there you go throw that in there oh yeah so yeah do that if you're gonna we'll do the to trial the show notes get on there why not it's pretty cool i get we get like 15 bucks it's throw a bone to my boy throw a bone what's the deal all right so what i was gonna ask is how did you get out of your eeyore stuff is there any actual Well, yeah. The first standout? thing to do was to start moving again. So, you know, I, I, I dive deeper into this. I won't go into all of it. Uh, if you're looking to see, you know, personal experience with depression and a lot of the things that I went through um, leaving college, then definitely listen to the solo podcast. But um, I had finished football uh, at Arizona State. I knew I didn't want to finish school because I had changed my degree so many times. I didn't give a shit about what I was learning. I didn't want a desk job, even though I have one now. Um, and I certainly loved being an athlete and that was gone. There was no way I was going to play pro. I didn't want to play arena. And, um, 
you know, looking at that, I had lost all drive to do anything. So, and that coupled with the wrong pharmaceutical drugs from doctors who wanted to just, here, here, let's patchwork this up with Valium. Mm. Let's patchwork this with Xanax. Uh, things like that. I mean, when you take anti-anxiety medications, I mean, everyone's got fucking anxiety. You take those medications, what happens when you stop? You yo-yo back up into a state of anxiety. And maybe even a worse place than you were because you, you weren't addressing the yeah, issues. And you haven't addressed anything underlying. And it's the same thing Gabor Mate talks about with depression. At the root of all depression or, you know, and the root of all addiction, rather, there's always something there yeah. at the cause of addiction, whether that's addiction to alcohol, sex, shopping, uh, TV, you name it. People are far more fucking people are addicted to media than they would ever hope to say. Yeah. I felt addicted when we got rid of our TV. I was like, there was a knee jerk fucking reaction of like, fuck, man, I kind of wish we kept our TV. And then once you get it. away from it, you when you go back to TV, you're like, what is I'm this like, terrible what is this machine? Garbage shit on TV. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I love <laughs> Game of Thrones. There's a few things that I'll probably watch on the computer still but uh and you know we'll go to the movies here and there we got the movie passes uh i'm not going off the grid with regards to all fucking media but at the same time like having that break like i read more my wife and i talk more we have sex more often i don't want to interrupt but i noticed something i guess i'm interrupting but i noticed something with tv upon taking a big break i noticed a lot of tv shows are built for stupid people sounds horribly pretentious to say but what it's what it's built for it's like you can kind of see into this it's it's the whole point of it is to keep you engaged. Look at most reality TV shows. The whole point is to get you to the commercial. Yeah. And then like get you to the next show. Whereas you get a book or well, you get a the, documentary. What's the one with the fat kid? Oh, I don't know. The, uh, I don't say fat kid. More, I'm, she I'm is a more, fat kid. I'm I can more say PC. it. Um, uh, they're kind of rednecks. Uh, Mima is the name of the mother. Oh, I don't know. It's like a little blonde girl. Roseanne? No, it's a reality show. Come on, Ryan. Pull that shit up. Ryan. Anyways. The bottom line is you're you're 100 correct, there, and, and and that's the story with, it, you know, it's 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 just an issue. But go and get Honey Boo Boo. That's right, son, Honey Boo Boo. You know this, man, Honey Boo Boo. How can how can anyone argue with that? She's a fat kid, but but and that's and that's that's child abuse as far as I'm concerned. But they don't know any better. They don't know any better. Obviously, look at them. They don't know any better. Yeah. Uh, so there's an out there. They're listening. Um, <laughs> Get circling back to this depression business, really, it was about finding something I cared about. And, and have, like Paul Check talks about this. What is your life's purpose? Without that, you know, and I forget the quote, but it's a, a man who knows his, a man who knows his how can accomplish any why. Yeah. Or no, a man who knows his why can accomplish any how. You like how I agreed with you? Yeah. You're like, yeah. What an asshole. No. I was so, thought so, about it. I yeah, was like, wait, know, hold on. You I don't know think your why. It. Like, why am I doing this? You'll figure out how to do it. Right. right. So if you know the why, if you know the why of what your purpose is, what why do I need to do this? Why is it important to me? You'll figure out how to get it done. And that really was so something I was looking for was just to still be an athlete. And really I had a lot of work to do on my childhood. I had a lot of work to do on leveling up myself, you know, to go back to check in all areas. So my diet was shit. My movement practice had become shit without a coach and teammates to train with. Um I didn't have purpose in life, so Dr. Happy was fucked, and I certainly wasn't sleeping well. Can you point out what Dr. Happy Doctor? Is? So he has the four doctors. Dr. Quiet, your sleep pattern, your meditation practice working in. Dr. Diet is obviously the food that you intake. Dr. Movement is your exercise movement program, stretching, opening up mobility. And then Dr. Happy is your purpose. It's, it's how often do you play? 
and and play and celebration can get confused with getting shit faced on alcohol, which was something that I did regularly then. Yeah. But ultimately, that's depleting. It's not enhancing, you know. And there are far better drugs than alcohol. I've mentioned that many times on the show before. Um, but even in the absence of drugs, just being able to play without substance was something I couldn't do. Just being able to celebrate too. and enjoy life without the need to get out of my head because at that point in my life, I was uncomfortable in my own skin, right? And I think that that's a big one for people to understand that you never will understand unless you can sit quietly or stand quietly or be in nature and do a fucking meditation walk with no outside sources of information coming in. So that's another one that's helped me level up is to not need to have Audible or podcasts on while I'm going for a walk. There's a time and a place for that where I want to process and learn and there's also me time where I don't take anything in and I listen to the birds chirp. I listen to cars drive by. I listen to the trees blow in the wind. That's incredibly meditative in its own way. And I think those are, again, adding to that tool, the tools in the toolbox. And the more that stuff we have, the easier it is to reset. Because if I'm feeling a little anxious or a little stressed and I sit in front of a TV and it takes my mind off what's stressing me, I haven't fucking solved the damn thing. All I've done is prolonged that. All I've done is let it stay inside me to fester and rot. And it's still going to come back up at some point. If, and at that point, it's going to be worse than had I addressed it in the first place by getting still, quieting my mind and seeing like, oh, I feel this way because this thing's going on. Yeah. Let me dive into that for a little bit. And then, you know, oftentimes if I feel stressed or anxious, now with the tools, I will just sit in a room where I'm, I have no distraction or I'll, or I'll walk home from on it. I'm only a couple miles away. 1.3 miles. 1.3. That's what I gather on my, my ways. 1.8. Oh, you did ways? No, I don't do ways. Oh. Because ways, ways isn't as accurate as doing like uh on Kyle's, GP, on Kyle's GPS, it's like nine miles. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is the aura ring because because I'm a fat kid. The aura ring, the aura ring says I did like five miles just because I'm like, look, I know I'm over my BMI is a little high because the muscle, but it's, it's, it ain't a five mile walk. Yeah. Uh, anywho, though, you know, I think I think having that drive and direction uh, of what you want to do, knowing why you're doing it. And then, you know, taking that and then adding more tools, you know, fighting taught me so much about how to live better, you know, because it was very much a performance driven thing. And then in that I saw benefit, like, why did I get into meditation? Well, I had to, I was so nervous before fights. I had to learn how to quiet my mind for that. That's why I learned about breath work in the first place. That's why I learned about Qigong. That's why I learned about Tai Chi. Like all these things came in, they had served a purpose for the fight. And then now that I don't fight anymore, they're still incredibly valuable you know yeah uh as you're saying that there's a jung quote that i probably have mentioned to you before but he says um religion mm, i'm gonna paraphrase i'm gonna mix it up but he says something along the lines of religion is a form of protection from direct experience with god and you could say a similar thing or he said a similar thing another one where intellectualism is a form of protection from direct experience or actual experiences mm. You get it. Yeah, you actually look up the, the the proper proper way of saying it, um, and I I see that. That's that's why I kind of mock myself when I say things like super diffusive movement patterns because I'm not <laughs> speaking from my heart when I say that. Yeah, you know I'm going into the encyclopedia. There it is. Regurgitate. Yeah, <clears throat> you know. So that's not like ugh, like coming out and really connecting with with me, you know. And so I kind of 
I have this built-in like mocking that I do with it. I Meanwhile, I think it's valuable information or I wouldn't be saying it. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with making fun of yourself. Yeah. Life isn't that serious. Yeah. You but, don't need but to take al- shit that but along, serious. But along with that, though, so I think there is value in going into, just as like a metaphor, going into some of those different intellectual kind of chasms or explorations. And you need to complement that with actually heartfelt experience. You know, and so if, when you're out in nature, you have the whole encyclopedia there. <laughs> you know, you don't need all this excessive information. In fact, there's a really good chance that if you feel like you need to be inundated with that information all the time, you're actually probably hiding from something. Yeah, you're distracting. It's this, I mean, it's a better distraction than reality TV to, to listen to a great book like, uh, you know, Great Courses, uh, Science of Mindfulness, Dr. Ronald Siegel. Yeah, or Aubrey's new book. Yeah, on the day. That's going to be day. dope. There's actually a chapter where he talks about mindfulness or mindfulness. Mm, so when you're in your it. car, that's what we're saying. Yeah, when you're in your car, um, you can either be mindful and practice mindfulness meditation, either with some some light, easy listening music that's non-distracting, or with no music at all and the windows down. Or you can mind fill with a great podcast like the on a podcast or line therapy align podcast you keep on line therapy podcast oh, that's right that's it's my line, fault because the website's align therapy.com so really that's website and I it's a line podcast thank you for the correction i need to take alignpodcast.com as well i haven't done or that. amp what a big dummy. you know aubrey marcus podcast or any of the fucking other great podcasts out there or you listen to audible.com and you ingest some awesome information right yeah. so i think mindfulness mindfulness being a great practice when we're in our car because uh you know that can be one of the most stressful times a day, and all can and also can be something where it's you just feel like you're never going to get that time back. Like what a waste of time! But really, like when I go on road trips, I know I mentioned this before, but I drove a thousand miles each direction to Greenfield, yeah. uh, and I had, I think, listened to three or four books on Audible and four podcasts. So like I felt just fucking quenched. Like I leveled up the knowledge base on that. Still had time to meditate in between. I wasn't listening to them straight, you know. So the reality of it is, is you really can uh, turn that time into very productive, useful time where you gain for you. And it's really, it's not a matter of what do I need to know for this or that. It's just what what draws to you. You know, half the time, half I got twenty books on my desk that I haven't read that I have to read that I want to read. Part of those are for things related to on it, you know, regarding guests I'm going to have on the show or supplements that I want to make, things like that. And then the other part of that is just fucking spiritual and some are on psychedelics and some are on cool shit that fascinates me. And that's really what it's all about, you know, and going back and forth between the stuff you need to know for work versus the stuff you just want to know because that's what motivates you to, to, to live better. Yeah, I did a, an interview with a guy that was, uh, he's a speed reader. Uh, Jim that, Quick. That's the term. It wasn't Quick. Quick and I have been going back and forth. We're gonna Quick. If you're listening, let's do this podcast already. I want to so get with let's, Quick. Let's sort quick. This. If you're listening, it's <laughs> K W I K. Do on its on, on, it on as its well. first, and then if you have time for the scraps. Um, so what I was gonna say about the speed reading is that what what's he, the name of this guy? I don't remember to be honest. It was There's a long time. More than one speed reader in the ago. This was like three years ago. Okay. Um, and the podcast can't be found at this point anyway because my iTunes only goes back to 100 episodes. Are Anyways, you on Lipson? I'm on Lipson. They can get the archive. Yeah, no, I know it's there. I just, I almost like, because I don't, this is kind of another side tangent. I almost, like listening to this podcast now, I bet in six months I'll probably think like, ah, oh, I was a dummy. 
whatever I was saying. I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> so essentially, anything I'm saying right now, like, uh, probably disregard most of yeah. it. Unless you're listening to it currently, then yeah. it's then it's amazing, right? It's amazing. You know, in my, in my mind. Um, you know, but one of the things he said was, I was like, oh, what was it? He said, the best book that you can read is the book that you actually read. Dude, that's similar to Paul Check. What's the best meditation? Yeah. What is the best form of meditation? The meditation that you'll do every day. Yeah. Right? And, and that's what we do. And that's what we get a lot of a lot of uh, unidentified folks out there. And there's nothing wrong with this. I think however you do your thing is great. But it's like, I do a book a day. I do seven books a day. I, you know, it's like, okay, that's, that's great. I, I think also that's really unrealistic for a lot of people. You know, and so I think we have a lot of like unnecessary pressure sometimes and so with that pressure it kind of forces us to kind of like squirt out a bunch of shit as opposed to really dropping into anything you just did a wanking off motion i did that, that didn't <laughs> that squirt out a bunch of shit. that wasn't the intention uh you know but i think that that's kind of like a pattern thing like how you do anything is how you do everything so if you're the type of person that just blasts through a book because you feel like you have this existential pressure of not being smart enough if you don't that might spill into other parts of your life as well. Maybe that that spills into the way that you connect with another person. You know, where it's like, okay, I'm I'm like I'm doing sex. We're fucking. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're dropping in. I got five minutes for yeah. you, sweetheart. <laughs> before the next thing. <laughs> the next thing. <laughs> you know, but it, with that, I think that there's a certain, and this is something that that we gather from meditation, from ecstatic states. Uh, we kind of no, we didn't. Uh, Stephen Kotler, uh, what's his last book? Stealing fire yeah gets into a lot of these different things you know so a lot of times we we get wrapped up in like plant medicines as being like the way i think plant medicines is one of the windows you know anything that gets you into a a state of ecstasis is a window you know and when what happens with that is time starts to slow down you know so anybody i experienced this with with like cannabis thc for sure where all of a sudden you know i was in my living room rolling over and drawing pictures of whatever it feels like wow, it was three hours. I look at the clock, it was like two minutes. <laughs> you know, and I feel like there's almost something there where it's like, it, there's almost like a like a key to extending your life in a way. This is some crazy shit, I know. But our perception of this linear reality that we're in, that's kind of all that matters. Mm-hmm. You know, so if at the end of your life, if your perception of life are like, wow, that was a long, good one. Yeah. That was a long, good one. You know, but if you fired through it, and then you die. It's like, oh shit, what happened? Yeah, yeah. They, I forget which which study it was, but they interviewed a bunch of people that were near death. They were they knew they didn't have long to live, and they asked them a series of questions that were all similar on um, what regrets they had, things like that. And like, there was a very there were very common themes among the group. Like eighty percent of them, the answers were all common. And uh, one of the one of the answers was, I wish I had put more time into my friendships and my relationships, you know, cause so many people that are older, you know, I talked to my old man and he's remained a few friends, you know, he has a few friends when he was growing up, you know, and it's always like this idea, like, well, you kept a lot of your friends from growing up. And I'm like, yeah, man, like we, we go to go to a bachelor party next month in Arizona. And there'll be 20 of us there. And that's cause 10 couldn't make it, you know, like we're all still close. We got a group chat on the iPhone. Like we fucking stay in contact. Like, do all of us agree on everything? Fuck no. But I've known these guys since I'm 12 years old, you know, and and we're and we don't just keep that friendship because we've known each other for as long as we have. We keep that friendship because we all fucking love each other, even if we don't agree on everything. 
you know, and I think that's important, but they talked about friendship. They talked about um, wanting to get more out of life rather than accomplishments. You know, like everyone looks back at this shit I need to do to leave a legacy and to, to be known, to be remembered, to do this, to do that, whatever the, whatever the, the driving force is for accomplishment as opposed to experience. You know, like I wish I had traveled earlier than, you know, starting when I retired in the golden golden years. You know, like you think about that, this idea that we have in the West that we'll work hard now to be happy later. Like when I retire, I can go see the world. I can do all this. And it's like, well, maybe if you took a little bit more time for yourself now, slightly less productive, if you have a job that allows that, you'd experience more now when it mattered. You know, like I can't hike Kilimanjaro when I'm fucking 80. But I'll hike the shit out of that next year. You know, like there's 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 all all these things that we have a, an ability to do when we're young and to experience. And especially if you're single, like fucking go to Europe, get it, you know, yeah. like explore, have a fun time. Yeah. You know, the analogy that's popped up for me over the years with that, because I've, I've pondered on that that a fair amount because I've done a fair amount of like one way tickets to random countries and then just kind of backpacked or motorcycled or scootered around for five, six, five to seven months. And in those time frames, there's a lot of moments of like, what the hell am I doing? This is so stupid. <laughs> like I should be doing something more productive right now. Um, you know, and with that, one of the things that's popped up is the awareness that a hundred percent of the time, this is kind of what you know, I say with movement, every moment is an opportunity to cultivate or build your mind and body. Right. So as you're sitting down, you're exercising, right? You're working out the organization, your pelvis and your spine and all that. Well, it's the same thing <clears throat> with the relationships that you're creating. Same thing with that the, you know, the your intentions, the same thing with the groups that you're surrounding yourself with. You know, so if you're doing some shitty job that you're just trying to make some money and you do that for five years because you want to kind of just do that and then I'm gonna have fun, in that five years, you grew a tree. <laughs> your roots have dug in now all the people that you know are in that same shithole all of your intelligence all the stuff that you've read and studied it's rooted down in that <laughs> right so during that time frame you've grown this tree out of this thing that's actually you know makes you feel really uncomfortable and feels like it's like a disservice to you and now you're ready to uproot and do something else maybe it works that way for some people and they have like a good transplant but I think for the vast majority of folks that we maybe you know are more endeared towards or we, we respect or value, it's the people that just from an early on age, they just kind of focused on their values. You know, it's like, yeah, this has spoken to me since I was 12. And I think I've heard something like that actually, where um, the thing that you wanted to do when you were like 12 or something like that, that's probably the thing that you're kind of actually called to. That might be bullshit, but I think I've heard something like that. What did like you that. want to do when you were a kid? Oh, I'm pretty sure. Let me think about that. That's a good question. I'm pretty sure I've been, I wanted to do, oh no, I wanted to do some bullshit. I wanted to do, I was. <laughs> oh no, uh, shit on my childhood dream. <laughs> yeah. No, when I was, when I was a little guy, I was influenced by my dad. My dad was a stockbroker and he uh, kind of encouraged me. I didn't even, I still don't think I know what an investment banker is, but I just know they made a lot of money. And so my dad was like, that's where the money is, investment banker. So from a young age, I was like, I'm going to be an investment banker. <laughs> and then I got into some more truth and then it became physical therapy. Mm. Yeah, I want to be a physical therapist. Now you live the dream. Here I am. I'm doing kind of, yeah, whatever you call it. I mean, physical therapy would be the easiest way to describe what I do. 
uh, it's like a hybrid of physical therapy and manual therapy. You know, but yeah, it's yeah. Here I am doing the same same thing. I've been doing. I've got my first job doing personal training at LA Fitness. Oddly enough, now I live in LA. This is in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, doing personal training, and uh, I was at 16 years old, and I was like, "This is when on the mind pump." I I alluded to it like I was on steroids. I went on steroids. I was jacked up on every other supplement, all insecurity, trying to pile muscle on, you know, and trying to pile information on, reading every book that I could. Mostly insecurity based. Flex magazine. Flexing out. Yeah, everything. Men's health, like all the like bullshit magazines and some other good stuff too. Um, but yeah, started off from an early age and it's just been that's just been what's what the path has been. What about you? I wanted to be an actor. And it's oh, probably because yeah. uh I would say like ninety percent because of Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. who had the prototypical male body. Like every <laughs> every man's totally dream. natural. That's what yeah. What else would you <laughs> twenty two inch arms? <laughs> yeah but no i mean i mean i still watch old arnold movies i had i had bear watch i think a year ago i put on terminator 2 for him now if you're a parent you're probably cringing thinking oh terminator 2 and the kid's 18 months old that doesn't sound right but uh (laughs) we turned it off the second he uh he said, your clothes, give them to me. And he rips the guy's throat out. Ooh. Bear looked at me. He goes, nah, 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 <laughs> before he could say no. And I was like, okay, buddy, later on, you'll realize he's the good guy. Yeah. And so we turned that one off. But uh, Bad Parenting 101, um, I think I got beat from my wife for that. But uh, I fucking loved Arnold, man. I loved Arnold growing up. I thought that was a cool thing. And it's funny because I've had the ability to do some different acting things, not for a movie or anything like that, but... Uh, I told you about doing Mafia 3, the video game for 2K Games. And you mentioned gay porn. Yeah, that's started from the bottom. Now we're here, right? Yeah, that's it. So I had to work my way up to the that's top. Acting. Now I'm a bear. You had to fake um, things. But um, <laughs> I think Stallone started that way. But uh, I've heard some interesting things about Stallone. <laughs> I'm sure you have in LA. No, in Hawaii, I heard a story. I don't think I can mention it. No, you can't mention it because that would be hearsay. We're not spreading rumors on this podcast. We're spreading truth, son. I've heard interesting things. That's all I'm saying. Okay, stops there. So, so I had, you know, I had a chance to do when I was doing this video game, doing all the stunt work as the main character, Lincoln Clay. Really rad, right up my alley. I get to beat the crap out of people and throw people around, and uh, you know, we have all the the full body suit with the little balls on and the infrared lights. And then they wanted to give me some speaking parts because we had a, an actor come in to do the voice of Lincoln Clay from New York. Great guy. What I noticed was the actors, and this is not to shit on all actors from LA, but the actors from LA versus actors from New York, there was a huge difference in how serious they took themselves. Mm. And it was almost unbearable to be around the LA actors because everyone had this cool new audition, this cool new thing. It's so important. And then the New York people were like, yeah, man, I'm in a play on Broadway or I'm doing this and that. I'm doing real shit. Yeah, but it was just, it was like this, they didn't have a need for validation. They didn't have a need to to tell you how important they are. But as you do real shit, usually you don't have the need for the validation. Well, that's exactly like the guy who's fought three times in an amateur level versus, you know, fucking Daniel Cormier. Like there's no chip on his shoulder anymore. He's proven himself. Right. There's nothing left to prove. And even if he loses, it doesn't matter because he's 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 went out on his shield. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. there, there's a huge difference there. Same thing with, you know, a, a young white belt versus an old black belt in jujitsu. You know, the old black belt, generally speaking, for the most part, there are exceptions to every rule. But that guy's going to be a little bit more level headed, a little bit more humble, uh, simply just due to the fact they've already tapped a thousand times. You know, Rogan's talked about that. Jocko Willings talked about that. So 
Yeah, it's something that I noticed. And then when I really thought about that, I don't think it's that fun to memorize lines. You know, when I did drama in high school and things like that, you're you're not being yourself. You're being someone else. You're being a character that's not you. And some people are really good at that. Um, and I love watching film, but I don't love acting. I don't love that because mm. it, it seems fake. And in a way it is. You know, it's not that those people are fake. They do a great job at being that other thing for a little while, and then they go back to being themselves. Hopefully, they know what that is. But you know, for me, I don't think there there was too much other shit. And then as I gravitated towards athletics, it was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah. You know, something I wanted to touch on previously is uh, I think sometimes we can almost to a point of like we can pathologically become attached to being in an upright, strong position to the point that that's actually an artificial position and there is something to faking it till you make it and then there is also something to being able to paint with all the colors you know and so that's something that i think that that acting there's a lot of value there where you do explore all of these different parts or roles and in that you'll hear a lot of actors say that like man like through discovering these roles i discovered so much about myself you know so i really dug into that part you know, but the reality, I, I think the reality is all of us, we have every color. You know, we lead with certain colors. I'm a blue, you're, you know, whatever. But the reality is, I think if anybody experiences anything, we all have a little Hitler in us. We all have a little Superman in us. We all have a little, like every personality that's ever manifested in this, in this globe here, I think there's a little something there. And if you get charged up by somebody, it's because you're probably speaking to some part of you that maybe you kind of push down you don't like that yeah that's uh ramdas said that right like the what you if somebody says something or if you're around somebody and your knee-jerk reaction is you don't like them for whatever reason it's usually the reflection of yourself in them that you're witnessing yeah man right yeah you know and so that's something with the postural thing standing up in superwoman position or superwoman position and like being up in this upright position i think that that actually can create uh disease as well you know, it can also make people uncomfortable. You know, so being able to say from if you are some form of therapist or any business or relationship or anything, you're connecting with another person and all you do is I'm strong, confident, awesome guy or girl, then that will potentially make that other person uncomfortable. You know, so being able to play play with all of those different colors allows you to start to mix and match with other colors that's true but i'm not going to slouch necessarily for eeyore just so eeyore feels more comfortable with himself i feel you and i think there is a certain value of so this is like neurolinguistic programming you know so you start off and you can kind of i don't, I don't remember the exact terms for it right now but you mirror i think might be the term uh so that that mirroring essentially we value people that are like us that's why you and i hang out you know, there's all sorts of things with you. I'm like, with Kyle, I feel like I, I, I get it. Like, I, I feel this connection. I see he's got a fucking freezer in his garage and he sits in it <laughs> in the morning. You know, his, his, his cabinet's stuffed with supplements. You know, it's like there's all these different things that I'm like, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm like, there's a lot other things other than that. But I'm like, I get it, you know. Whereas with somebody else that doesn't have a freezer in their garage and they're not such a you know eccentric in that way, we might find connections, but it might not be quite as as easy. And uh, oh, I don't know where I was going with that actually. I think I was just trying to say so, I like you. When you get you, know, you did a great job of that, brother. And you led with the best two things that I own: the supplement pantry 
there's no food in the pantry. It's all supplements. Kyle doesn't eat food. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then of course, and then of course, yeah, I live in cold water and on supplements. That's what sustains me and a little bit of sunshine. Um, I had a point. You're talking about the Eeyore, why you might acquiesce. Oh, right. So you mirror. Eeyore. Yeah. So with that, with that mirroring, you start off because we appreciate people that are like us. You can start off with that point of, okay, cool. We're connecting. I resonate with you. I attune with you. I, I feel you. I feel where you're at. Right from there, all of a sudden, NLP terms, it's something like guiding, I think, or leading. It's one of those, it's something like that word. From there, you can start to take them on the path. Yeah. Mm. So, this is something that I will consciously, or I guess, or subconsciously, I guess, consciously, since we're talking about it, do with clients. You know, so if someone sees me for rolfing or manual therapy stuff, then when they come in, I'm not just like, bam, here we go. You know, depending on who it is, maybe you I slouch with them for a second and then slowly over the course of an hour, you're back to erect a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So when someone, when someone comes in, I'm going to kind of mirror their patterns, mm. you know, and if you do it too much, then they'll be pissed off and it's weird, you know, so, but it, so it's, it's that, that dance of being able to connect with that person exactly where they're at. And then from there, you can slowly start to move towards the direction that maybe would suit them better. But in order to actually be able to take them by the hand, you first have to be on their path. So if you get somebody who complains a lot, you'll complain a little bit with them, and then you'll slowly start to speak good about people. Yeah, or maybe I'll slowly start. To, so someone, like I was talking about this with, with Tosh. Um, My wife. Oh, sorry. Did you talk about her on, on, yeah. on here? No, right it's away? totally okay. cool to talk <laughs> yeah. about her, but people uh, don't know Tosh. They might think Daniel Tosh, Tosh.0. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, I was talking about with this with your wife, Tosh, and she said something about her knee that was like the, the bad knee or the something knee. Yeah, you can't say shit like that. Whatever it was. <laughs> you know. And so with her, she's at a place where I can be like, oh, like maybe it's your healing knee. You know, or maybe it's your you know, the knee that you're nurturing, or maybe it's your 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 student knee. You know, and she gets it. She's she's right there. She's like, oh, fuck. yeah, I, I know. Thank you. Somebody else, I start off with that. They'd be like, this dude is a quack. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's, it's recognizing that I'm staying at your home. We've connected. We've had experiences. We've danced like weirdos at random places. Like, we're already in a similar path. So we can just say shit. But somebody else that comes in from New Jersey and they're working at Walmart and they have complaints about all their body. And I say, speak to your student knee. They're going to be like, get, this is over. This is over. <laughs> get the fuck out. Yeah. But if I can spend, you know, maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes, maybe two sessions, maybe seven sessions with the person, all of a sudden they slowly start to drink the Kool-Aid. And now we're, we're starting to be on a more congruent path. Mm. And that's not just a manual therapy thing or any kind of therapy thing. That's just relationships, I think. Yeah. I dig that, brother. Even though I'm hiding another yawn. <laughs> well, well, shit. That that that's that's an hour with on it. We're gonna pick this right back up after we it. had a nice little tobacco session. Oh, we're gonna hit we'll the talk, tobacco. We're gonna hit the tobacco. We're we'll breaking talk about taboos that on, on not a line therapy podcast, <laughs> but a line podcast. Line so podcast. we're gonna have volume two on a line coming up uh, uh, here in a moment. So you can jump over. It doesn't matter which one you listen to first. I'm sure we'll have completely separate topics yeah. or very similar topics. Yeah. Both worth listening to. Where can people find you? AlignTherapy.com. <sighs> AlignTherapy.com. Align Podcast. I mostly post dick pics and ab shots. So if you Well, guys... you had a ball shot taken down from Costa Rica. <laughs> with I think your Grant, Ben Greenfield was in that photo too. You couldn't see Ben Greenfield's balls though. You could see your giant ball sack in that photo on Instagram. So <laughs> that was... but you had to zoom in. 
That means the person that reported it had spread their yeah, fingers to try to see between your legs, realized they caught a little bit of ball hair, and yeah. decided, oh, this is bad. If that person's it. listening, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, Relax. they're zooming in on balls little, everywhere to try to see if they little, can catch just a side nipple yeah, or anything really, inappropriate. If you have it. time to stream through my feed and see that there's a little speck of ball and you have to go out of your way to report that, beat it, nerd. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Awesome, brother. Well, um, it's an absolute pleasure. Where, what else? What do you got on social? Uh, a line podcast. Everything's a line podcast. Linethever.com. Uh, if people have any interest in starting a uh, starting to integrate better movement into their daily existence, I did a ridiculous thing with a guy called Hunter Motz, who you know. He's mm-hmm. the partner of Brian Callen and the Mixed Mental Arts podcast. I recommend that one as well. Have you been on there? No. Oh, dude, you got to get we on don't. there. Well, yeah. yeah, we'll set you guys up. That'll be good. Um, and yeah, we did a little five day movement series. Start integrating better movement into a hundred percent of your existence. So you can jump on that from aligntherapy.com. Awesome, brother. Thanks for joining. Thanks, sir. Thanks for listening to the On It Podcast with my man Aaron Alexander. Make sure you check out the show notes to find out all the good ways you can reach him and get a hold of him. And also visit aligntherapy.com. Thanks for listening.